Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from his host Trudamas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And tonight, he says you must do this like your life depends on it. Dr. Michael Youssef. She's a mom for America. Kimberly Fletcher. Funny girl Francis DiLorenzio. Sketch comedy from John D. Christ. And live from the Atomic City. It's you too in the spotlight. And now from Times Square, where the pizza rats party so hard that the bed bugs move to Paris, here's that Kevin! Yeah, did you hear about the bed bugs? Harris has had the outbreak of the bed bugs in their hotels. And it was just in time for Fashion Week. And I'm not convinced that there's not a conspiracy working here that the bed bugs have worked together because a lot of those people are now coming back to New York. And we don't want you to come back with your bed bugs. If you got the bed bugs biting in your, your bottom, your backside, just keep them there. Just stay in Paris for a while. Don't bring them back here. Last time we had bed bugs, it took New York forever to get rid of them, and we're not interested in that game again. So just keep, let the bed bugs be. We'll keep the pizza rats. You keep the bed bugs. Of course, we also have the muggers and the knife robbers that are killing people going home from weddings, too. So we've got our own problems in New York. We don't need bed bugs. Welcome to the weekend. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Uh, I don't know if you were paying attention on Friday. But when the first trial of Donald Trump uh, this year, he's, he's in the middle of a civil trial right now with the attorney general for the state of New York, Letitia James. Hey, hey, hey. Um, when, when he was coming out of that trial, they made an announcement, the, the Trump team did, that they were immediately going to appeal what the judge had decided to do. And the judge had announced, without hearing any testimony, or any witnesses, the joke of a judge, Arthur Engeron. I don't know where this guy got his law license. I don't know how he got to be a judge. I don't know what he's doing. But without hearing any evidence, he made two declarations that were astounding. He said, one, Mar-a-Lago was only worth $18 million. Now, this is a fraud trial. It's all based on the evidence of what Trump claimed his properties were worth against loans that he took out. And by the way, he didn't default on any of the loans. He paid them all back in time, on time within the limits of the uh, contract of the loan. Shouldn't even be in court. He got a loan. He paid it back. That's the end of the story. Nobody was defrauded. Nobody was hurt. You can't claim fraud on something that didn't hurt anybody. Nevertheless, Letitia James. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, she is. And as she is uh, claiming this. The judge in the case, he's he looks kind of loopy. He, he kind of reminds me, actually. Do you remember the bartender from The Simpsons? 
he kind of looks like a real life human being that would be comparable to the bartender from the, you remember that guy? Anyway, he's smiling for the camera and he's doing all kinds of things. Well, he said Mar-a-Lago's worth only $18 million. Mar-a-Lago, their, their trash compactor's worth $18 million. The, the, the lot next to Mar-a-Lago is half of its size with no buildings on it, no development whatsoever. That's for sale right now for $200 million. $200 million. And there's no hotel on it. Mar-a-Lago conservatively is worth a billion dollars. Actual estimates probably put it closer to 1.5 billion. And Donald Trump didn't even claim a billion when he listed its value for the loans. So again, where's the wrongdoing? Who got hurt? Why is this all of a problem? Well, after the judge declared that, then he said he was going to bust up the Trump uh, corporation said he was going to dissolve all the businesses. No evidence being heard. He's just going to, he just said, we're going to dissolve all of the Trump businesses, put thousands of people out of work, interrupt service in many, many good companies. He's going to do it just because the judge said so. Well, the Trump team said they were appealing. And before Friday night was out, judge Peter Moulton said that judge Arthur Ingeron did not have the he was not in the right to dissolve the businesses, and that would not happen. He put a temporary stay on that pending the outcome of the trial. So at least on appeal, somebody had their brain working and said, no, you can't do this. But friends, this is what bothers me. We have right now an elite left that feel like they can just stick their hand right into the middle of your business. Pull out its heart, stomp on it, chew it up, spit it out, throw it away for all they care. And that's what they intend to do. That's a little update for your, for your news. I'm Kevin McCullough, Assignment Desk Weekend, top of the next hour. Now I've got some good news to tell you. We've been asking you to help us liberate slaves all year. And as we start our fall campaign, we're in pretty good shape. You've helped liberate 147 slaves to date, leaving 45 to go. Will you help us as we hear a story from one of those slaves you've liberated in the past? This woman's name is Ahoke from South Sudan. I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried, we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped right in front of us. Men were beaten 
and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief. And then they raped me. My slave master did not think of me as a human. He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by, how I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. It's a reasonable request. The phone number is 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010. And your gift right now of only $250 will liberate another girl like a hoke, the one you just heard the story from. The names may sound different to our Western ears, but their hearts, their desires, their lives are no different than your own daughter's. Friends, if you believe that slavery is evil, and if you believe that we should be here to make a difference, then please do. Pick up the phone, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010. You can also give online by just going to bringherhome.org. That's bringherhome.org or 888-342-1010. That's 888-342-1010. All right, please do everything you can. We need to liberate these final 45 women and children. And your generosity all year has put us a little bit ahead of where we need to be coming into the Christmas season. This is our officially the kickoff to our Christmas campaign. We want to give these women a gift of freedom and a brand new life for their Christmas present this year. And your gift helps make that happen. 1-888-342-1010. 888-342-1010, one time, liberates a slave and sets them free for life. It also gives them everything they need to start their life over again with the bag of hope, including a year's worth of food, a year's worth of seed, a little she-goat, everything they need. Coming right back, it's Kevin McCullough. I knew it. Ah, uh, come on, Kev. What's a few classified documents between friends? I told you. I told you all the time. I knew it. I knew he had some, too. Here he is. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is someone that I am always thrilled to be able to talk to. Because not only has he lived a life of longevity with one simple message to his, uh, to, to his life and to his uh, ministry and his calling on this uh, planet... But he does so with winsomeness, with a smile, with a word of encouragement, and he does so in a way that causes people to think. I'm talking about the author of the brand new book, How to Read the Bible as If Your Life Depends on It, Dr. Michael Youssef. Hello, sir. 
Hello, Kevin. So good to see you. Last time we were able to be together, it was in person in studio. But man, yeah. that was before COVID and a whole bunch of other stuff has gone. I know. What do you make of where we are in 2024 right now? Well, it's a big mess, <laughs> to, to say the least. For us, at least from our eyes, uh, it's a mess. But from God's eyes, it is not. Hmm. He's got it all worked out. He's got the plan. He's, nobody can thwart his plans. But from a human point of view, still you cannot help but feel uh, that a state that has been for 20 years really becoming conservative, becoming uh, very uh, thoughtful in their approach. They moved a long way away from the old days. Uh, we had Sonny Perdue as our governor, the first one in 135 years as a Republican. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, the kind of the, 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 the bottom fell off the uh, bag. And, and, uh, and then with the influx of people from, I'm told there are about 100,000 moving in here every month. Wow. And they're coming from your way. <laughs> and, and sadly, you know, the message sometimes I give when I'm locally, I tell them, I said, look, you come here, don't turn it into the places that you left <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's a mess. You well, left you're running away and... from one thing. Why would you want to take it with you? Exactly. And uh, so, but the, 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 the state, I was just having uh, lunch today with one of the leaders of the state government, and the state is changing, uh, particularly the Atlanta. Now, the rest of Georgia is remaining stalwart and strong, but the city of Atlanta, where that influx of uh, others who are coming in from other parts of the country is, is really changing. Now, we haven't been able to get a Republican senator elected in the last three years. Well, Dr. Youssef, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm not uh, a hardcore Republican or Democrat. I want, I want not, godliness yeah. and common sense to, to take hold. But I do not believe that the parties are neutral on very important issues. And so, therefore, right. I tend to sound like I'm more one than the other for sure. But let right. me ask you about this. And I think it's something that the nation's grappling with. I wrote a piece for Town Hall on Sunday that talked about 5.9 million people coming into our country. We don't yep. know where they're from. We don't know who, they're, who they are. And yeah. as many as 1.8 million of those have come across without any, without even being stopped, just getting away right. into the influx of the country. Now you, yep. you're Egyptian by background. Right. You, have, you very care very much about the Middle East. You were yep. here on 9-11. You know what has gone on in our country. Yep. We, without a, a, is there a Christian ethic to a Southern border being established? Absolutely. I think uh, laws uh, and government that are given by God, according to Romans 13, to protect the citizenry. In fact, the federal government has only two roles, is to protect uh, the citizens and defend them, and, and none of the other stuff that has in increased by, with time. But I can tell you, and I speak as an immigrant, when I immigrated to this country, I had to, and my family, we had to go through uh, medical examination, not by our doctor, local doctor that we go to, but the embassy, the American embassy doctor. Uh, we had to prove that uh, we have clearance from the tax department that we owe no taxes in the country that we're in. We had to prove 
a police report that we have no records, police records in the countries we come from. All of that, and when you think about it, I had to sign an affidavit that I've never been involved with a communist party or a communist uh, 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 apparatus. Yeah. yeah. And all of that was fine. We, we, I never complained. I thought it was wonderful uh, because that's what a country's supposed to be, is protecting their citizens. But when you open a border under the guise of compassion, that's not compassion especially when you bring in criminals in order, I mean, it's, imagine me as a father, I would open my door to criminals to come into my house where, you know, my family is not protected. That's, I would be very irresponsible. In fact, I, I would be a, a, a partner in crime. And that is what is happening to us as a nation. God gave us a government in order to protect the citizenry, now we're opening the door and said, criminals, come in here, attack the citizens, loot the shops, do whatever you want to do. There are no consequences. And that is absolutely a miscarriage of responsibility and justice for any nation. It doesn't matter which nation, any nation. And all nations have laws that we are saying, let the lawless come in and destroy our country. We're speaking with Dr. Michael Youssef, who is the uh, senior pastor at the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, Georgia, and has a wonderful media ministry. He's heard coast to coast on leading the way uh, every single day, including here in New York City uh, and on many of the Salem stations that would be associated with the Salem News Channel that we're on tonight. Uh, Dr. Youssef, let me ask you another question before we get sure. into the discussion of your book, and that is, mm -hmm. uh, in this coming election, there's going to be a lot said. In fact, California just passed uh, a law yesterday. The governor of California signed it into law. They are going to fine schools that choose to take out books from their library that deal with critical race theory in an offensive way or, or more or less pornographic in terms of what yeah. they have in them. And by that, friends, I'm not, I'm not overstating this. These are literally no. books where if parents take them to school board meetings and try to read them to the school board, they right. get shut down and escorted out of the meeting because they're That's so right. profane. But yeah. the governor of California is saying he will not let them be taken out of school libraries and he's going to fine the school districts if they try to. Dr. Youssef, what is this? It's satanic. That's all it is. From our Christian point of view, it's not it's pure satanic activities. The destruction of the family is Satan's desire from day one. He destroyed the marriage of Adam and Eve by having rebel against God. And he has been trying to do this ever since. He's first of all, of course, he's trying to have a, a, a conduct a coup d'etat to unseat God from his throne and then he got thrown out of heaven with third of the angelic being and they are creating havoc mm. and i really believe that satan is now sensing that his time coming to an end and he does not know the times even jesus said he did not only the father knows the moment where the world's going to end but he senses it he 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 can read the tea leaves of as it were and he feels that his time is coming to an end and therefore, he is intensifying his activities and turning the very government that we need, we need to protect us to work against us and against our children. The interesting thing about that statement right there is that it sets us up to come back from this next break and talk about why you need to read the Bible as though your life depends on it. With Dr. Michael Youssef, stay here. Ready or not, we'll be right back. 
Back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Back from Times Square, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And, and Dr. Michael Youssef, you have written a new book. It comes out on November 7th. It's titled How to Read the Bible as If Your Life Depends on It. That's a little apocalyptic, don't you think? It is, and deliberately so, because I used to be part of the mainline denominations, and I left when we lost the battle for the Bible, once the undermining of the Scripture, and started with all kinds of, oh, it's your interpretation. Now they, de they deny it altogether. Now that same argument that I experienced or, or lived 40 years ago, that I'm reliving it with the evangelical churches. We have mega church pastor who's telling other pastors that we need to get unhitched from the Old Testament. They get mega churches uh, all over the country who are telling people, well, you can't really uh, defend the Bible, and therefore uh, don't defend it. Uh, and, and the truth is, this book has taken me 52 years to write in mm -hmm. reality, because it, it basically, it's a condensing of my entire life and ministry and my conviction of the authority of the Word of God as inspired by the Holy Spirit, as infallible Word of God. And so I show in the book and explain why, from Genesis to Revelation, it's a one theme, it's one book. Of course, the Bible exposes people's failures and sin and judgment and so forth. Those are things that are important. Bible doesn't take the characters and wash them and uh, starch them and put them in a cellophane paper and put them on a pedestal and said, now be like that. No, they show us warts and all. So the Bible is trustworthy and must be believed if a person is going to be eternally saved and making it to heaven must do what Jesus did. He affirmed the authority of the Old Testament, which was his Bible. We have one book, not two books, like a play, Act 1, Act 2. One without the other doesn't make sense. And so those who are going around in the evangelical world saying, let's dump the Old Testament, it's like going and say. Your, your building is a beautiful building, but the foundation, we can't see it, we don't need it, let's bomb it. Well, how long would the building stay? I've spoken with pastors here in the New York area, Dr. Youssef, and it's interesting because people that are scriptural-centric uh, are having a bit of an explosion in ministry right now. And I don't think that there's a mystery as to why. I think it's because the world is such a mess that people are turning to places where they can get actual truth and have actual power from that truth impact their actual lives and see actual change in people that they that they didn't see or didn't believe would happen, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have people like the ones you're describing who are wanting yeah. to untether themselves. And they may yeah. be mega churches now, but I, I, I question if they stay on yeah. this path, what their influence will be in 5, 10, 15 years. Because generally, when you unplug from the power source, yeah. you generally lose the energy behind the power that drives you. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. As I call it, they're digging a hole, and the more they dig, the more they are buried in that hole. And unfortunately, um, so for now, but you're exactly right, it's just a matter of time. The line of demarcation has already begun between the remnant, the true believers, and maybe God is already starting to separate the sheep from the goats hmm. uh, and the wheat from the chaff. Maybe the separation already begun. But regardless of that, I think you're exactly right. It's just a matter of time when the, the genuine believers, those who know and love Jesus, are going to say, 
I am I'm not going to put up with this. I need to go where I people who trust the word of God to be the word of God. Well, and from the standpoint that the word of God is powerful and effective and changes lives and changes hearts, when you again unplug the power source, yeah. change stops happening. And I would think that in a world that's as mixed up as we are right now, right. people would want things to be different. That's what they're looking for. That's why they're looking for that hope. Real quickly, last question, yeah, just a few seconds. Sure. If someone doesn't read the Bible presently, what would yeah. your invitation be to them? Well, this is the, what actually drove me to, to write the book, because 10% of believers, so, so Christians, read the Bible daily. 18% read it uh, maybe once or twice a week. Now I'm saying, how can you say, I am breathing uh, today, so I'm not going to breathe tomorrow. And that biblical illiteracy, really, it's what brings us full circle to what we started with. It's biblical illiteracy that's bringing this kind of mess that we're in morally, psychologically, spiritually, sociologically. And therefore, I am pleading with people everywhere, please read my book, but don't ever use any of my books as a substitute for the Word of God. This book is going to make you so excited, so enthusiastic about reading the Word of God that you will never stop reading the Word of God. That's really the purpose of the book. That's powerful. Dr. Youssef, it's far too long in between our visits. Thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough continuing live from Times Square when we return. Ready or not, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Um, I am very excited about something that's going to happen in 2024, and I want to tell you about it now for a couple of reasons. One, I've only got space for 32 people to join me, uh, but when I think you kind of fully understand how special this opportunity is going to be, um, those seats are going to go super fast. So um, a number of years ago, um, before my grandfather's passed away, I, I had long conversations with them about World War II and what it meant. Uh, they both served in the U.S. Navy uh, in the big war, and they, they wouldn't talk about a lot of the aspects of what their service consisted of, what it meant. Um, they would tell me some tangential things, where, where they were, um, kind of the, the general mood of the people they served with and, and a very limited amount of the things that they saw. But it is not something that that generation was comfortable with. Yet, when you look back at history and when you understand that World War II was a dividing point between the modern era and, and what came before, how the world was changed, um, massive, huge uh, concepts overtaking different regions, Obviously, socialism, Nazism, communism, eventually um, what, what the West and, and America and uh, Western Europe stood for. These were, these were cataclysmic circumstances that created brand new times that we are still kind of living through the, the process of understanding what they all mean. 
Having said all of that, it is also one of the, to me, one of the most fascinating periods of time. And so through the years, I've always thought it would be fun, meaningful, um, hopefully life impacting to take a trip uh, and to study the places where World War II um, impacted and how it, uh, how it changed uh, the universe. Well, I have some great news. If you're uh, a student of history, if you believe that World War II was something that was important uh, and changed the the globe as we know it, and you want to understand that better, um, I've got an opportunity for you that I did not believe would come along uh, as it has. But next year uh, will be the 80th uh, anniversary of the Normandy invasion and the liberation of France and Europe from Nazi Germany. And in that process, um, we have landed a really inside uh, opportunity here that you're not going to find anywhere else. Um, in fact, there are a few thousand people that are going to do this particular trip that I'm going to tell you about, but there are only 32 seats left and they're the ones on my trip. Um, so there are thousands that have already signed up for this. We're not going to travel with all of them. Uh, we would travel together as just a small group of 32 people. But here's where it starts. Uh, in June, uh, on the 80th commemoration of D-Day, we start out in London uh, in the St. Pat's District. I'm sorry, St. Saint, Saint Paul's District. Uh, we retrace Churchill's steps uh, through uh, uh, his final few hours in the lead-up to the D-Day invasion. We, uh, we, we hit Westminster Abbey. Uh, we have the opportunity to go to the uh, Churchill World War II Museum. Um, we walk through with historians exactly what the impact of the German bombing on London meant to the city. Then after a couple of days in London where we start, we go to Portsmouth where we will overnight for one night and then take a, a, a channel crossing the next morning that would be pretty identical to where the D-Day troops uh, took off and landed. They came from Portsmouth, they landed in Normandy. We will land in Normandy about two hours after we take off uh, across the channel. Um, we're gonna spend three nights in uh, the area of Caen, C-A-E-N, in Northern France and go to all of the beaches. Uh, on July 4th, we will stand in the Normandy American Cemetery and pay tribute to the fallen soldiers uh, that uh, that gave their lives for, for our freedom on July 4th. It's gonna be amazing. Uh, then from there, after we spend those three days in the Normandy region with some food and some you know other great things that are gonna be features to this, we then uh, head to Paris for the final two days. And in Paris, we retrace the steps of the liberation and we end it all with a dinner cruise on the Seine River right in the heart of the world's most beautiful city. Friends, I want you to come with us on this. Uh, just go to the website, thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com has all the details, thatkevintour.com. And uh, if you're watching on the Salem News Channel or Biz TV, the phone number is also on the screen you can call. But go to thatkevintour.com and hold your spot and then join us next June and July for the 80th uh, liberation of uh, 80th anniversary of the liberation of Paris and London and Europe in World War II. I hope you'll come. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. 
But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com thatkevintour.com or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com Hi there, it's 45, your favorite president. And me, the senator from Delaware. Oh, good grief. President Harris advised me not to do any more promotion for things like That Kevin Show. He's not the president. Anyway, Joe and I thought we'd let someone else take this one. That's right, Don. Can I call you Don? Ah, it's W. And let me be clear, I'm Barack. And we just wanted to thank a couple of TV channels for picking up That Kevin Show. So thanks to KFLA Channel 8 in Los Angeles. And KLEG Channel 44 in good old Dallas-Fort Worth. Both stations are part of the great Biz TV network. Find out more at biztv.com. Good job there, Barry. Tell Michelle, George says hi. You too, George. Love to Laura and the grandbabies. Yes, very well done, boys. Can somebody get me out of here? I do not belong with this crowd. We'll be right back. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin Show. Ladies and gentlemen, they're back with new music for the first time in years. Here is You Two.
one of the all-time biggest-selling rock bands in history. U2, 20-plus years later from their first single, and still rocking Atomic City, their brand newest, here in the New Music Spotlight. Kevin McCullough saying, Hour 2 is next.